So we would just drive down uh, when you could actually park down there <laughs> and park and uh, just take a little spot on the corner and Willard Barton and I would just play and uh, see what kind of tips we could get. And uh, it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm not sure why we stopped doing that. Uh, it got crazy down there. The magicians chased us off, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> actually, though. Yeah, actually, he, he was like, this is... The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. We're wrapping up 2023 with a fun group, a fun group of guests. Uh, this is a group that I've enjoyed listening to for quite a while, and I'm excited to have on the show. But before I introduce everybody... Don't forget to follow us on social media at Hop Spirits. And then uh, join our group, Bourbon and Country Music, because we have a lot of fun. And who doesn't love a little bourbon and country music? And I think that's what most of us are doing tonight, at least having some type of drink. So let's welcome in the guys from Boy Named Banjo. we got Barton, William, Willard, and Ford. Sam had a little bit of a, a scheduling conflict tonight, so he wasn't able to join us. Guys, welcome in. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us. Yeah, thank you. Now, I always start this off because we're having a conversation, having a drink. So, what are you guys drinking tonight? Ooh. I'm drinking a Bitburger. The yes. German Pilsner. Yes, Bart. <laughs> it's my delicious. favorite beer. <laughs> and it's super affordable, very cheap. I like it. Um, Willard, Willard converted me. <laughs> I am drinking George Dickel, eight year. Mm bourbon the the bourbon i like it <laughs> willard ford what do you got bullet, uh, oh, bullet ride. ride i like it ford anything good tonight uh i i i, I see everyone else drinking bourbon now i've got some george dickel eight year downstairs as well i might sneak off and go pour myself a glass here in a second <laughs> but... so i think it I everyone enjoys a drink yeah yeah now, are you all bourbon, bourbon and beer lovers? Is that where everyone's at? Bourbon and beer, or tequila, or just anything good? Um, I mean, I also love gin a lot, and um, and tequila. Ooh. I'm mainly bourbon, yeah, bourbon and beer. Um, typically just beer, but every now and then a little bit of bourbon too. <laughs> Try to yeah, stay out of trouble, right? <laughs> I like it. Uh, and just so you all know, I got a little bourbon, a little RD1 out of, out of Lexington. Now, I know all you were up here over the summer in Louisville for Bourbon and Beyond. Did you hit up any of the distilleries, uh, snag anything on your way out? Not while we were there. Let's see. Not while we were there for the festival because that was a blur. I mean, we got in, sound checked, played, and had to get, get out of town. But um, we actually went early. Uh, months and months before and helped pick out some of the barrels for the festival. Ooh. So we had, um, what was it, Rabbit Hole. Um, let's see, what are some other ones we had? Um, we had Buffalo some Trace. Trace, right? Didn't Do Sam what? Have, didn't Sam have George Dickel there? Or did I make that up? He might have. Uh, I mean, there were a lot. Sam actually, uh, it's a shame Sam couldn't be here because he is, he knows a lot about uh, drinking. Um, because he's a bartender, not because he has problem. Uh, but he he actually sat in on a ton of the uh, of the barrels, way more than we didn't actually knew what he was talking about a little bit. But 
Yeah. So yes, yeah. we did have uh, we did have some great bourbon. Yeah, we I did like, like tasting panels in front of like an audience and stuff, and, and I don't know, I was up there just like, yeah, this tastes good, uh, you know. And Sam was like giving all these like, notes, and I'm like, well, you know, if you compare this barrel to this one, it's you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, bullet was there when we were there, so we we actually had a a bunch of them, yeah. I like it. I was gonna say. And Ford, don't worry, I even do this sort of like semi-professionally, if you want to call that now, doing reviews, and I'm like, it tastes good, I like it, or it tastes yeah. bad, and, you know, yeah, so even after multiple years and, and many drinks, I'm not much further along than you. <laughs> okay, good, that makes me feel better. Do you have a go-to that you like? So, I, I do enjoy George Dickel. Um, the, that, the blue blue label, the bottled and bond, I mean, for like 50 bucks and getting like a 11, 12 year, 13 year is amazing. Um, another one from down in, uh, I know you guys are, are Tennessee natives uh, that I really love is uh, Chattanooga Whiskey. Uh, oh, yeah. they, they've yeah. been one that I, I have just really, really uh, enjoyed. And then one out of Texas that's kind of newer, still Austin. Those are kind of like my... If I if anyone asks, I'm like try those because although you haven't tried those those two yet, and usually everyone really enjoys those. Was the uh, what's the Texas one you said? Still Austin. It's right there, right there in Austin. They've they had some good good folks put it together, and I don't know what the Texas Heat does and what they do, but it is uh, pre- pretty good. And they're finally getting out. Like I finally saw it in Kentucky a couple months ago for the first time, and I've been fortunate enough to get my hand on a bottle here or there uh, for a few years. Is that the one, it's a small, like, stockier bottle that has just TX on it? No, that no, that one, I, I, yeah. Theirs has, usually they have, like, an artist work on their label, like, kind of the, oh, the picture cool. for it. So it's kind of extra neat. They they put a little, little extra thought into, because uh, I think one of, I think the first one's called, like, The Musician. They name them, too, or, or something like that, so... Uh, if you get the chance to try it while while on tour, or if it's in Tennessee or or whatnot, I, I highly recommend uh, Still Austin. Now, I prefer the cash strength for it and uh, Chattanooga, but I know not everyone likes the higher proof. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, we gotta we gotta get a bottle of that next time we're down there. Now, I know three of you. Is am I correct? Because you, you guys are actually all friends, and like three of you go back all the way to kindergarten is that right like that how long this friendship and group has almost kind of been alive willard and i went to kindergarten together and then william willard went to elementary school and then barton joined the crew in middle school and then picked up sam in college so and he fit in just okay <laughs> yeah 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 we actually uh when Bart, Barton and I started playing in high school and uh, Willard, we stole him out of another band. And um, Ford's been in and out of Boy Named Banjo at that point a uh, number of times because we weren't even Boy Named Banjo. We were just messing around. Uh, but we actually had a drummer before a bass player uh, as a string band, which was like the weirdest thing ever. Uh, but that didn't last too long. So. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, how did Sam and, and Ford, how did you guys kind of end, end up in the group when it was all kind of once you got to five, I guess? Yeah, I don't know about, well, I guess I do know Sam's story, but for me, I was uh, working a, a, a dead-end job right after college, um, 
and it was it was rough. It was not not the most fun chapter of my life. And then I ran into Barton at a Christmas party, I think. Yeah. Um, no, I might have been later. Anyway, I ran into Barton at a party, um, and he was like, "We got this gig. Do you want to come play bass for this show?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do that." And I played that show, and he, then Barton was like, "Do you want to?" hop on this tour uh, we're doing uh, next week. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I'll do that. Um, then I quit my job on Monday, and then you know, five <laughs> years later, here I am. Yeah, the first two shows that Ford ever played were both sold out. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. And then we got picked up by William Morris, like, in the following week, and he was like, this can't be real. And then, you know, all the, a lot of the shows after that he got brought back down to earth a little bit. But it was too late for him to leave. But yeah, <laughs> we broke the man <laughs> Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, too, because I, I feel like you guys have a, a kind of a cool story with how this... Were y'all really kind of playing on the streets there in Nashville when this all kind of got started, like kind of cutting your teeth on the actual streets? Well... When we first when we first started doing that, we, we did it a number of times. We didn't do it like every weekend, you know. Um, we did it a handful of times, and it's because we couldn't play anywhere because we weren't twenty one, and so we would just yeah. I mean yeah, we weren't even eighteen. That's a good point. Uh, so we would just drive down uh, when you could actually park down there <laughs> and park, and uh, just take a little spot on the corner, and Willard Barton and I would just play and uh, see what kind of tips we could get. And, uh, it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, I'm not sure why we stopped doing that. Uh, it got crazy down there. The magicians chased us off, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> actually though. Yeah, actually he, he was like, this is my spot. You need to get the hell out of here. And, you know, you never know what a magician can, you know, they're kind of scary. Well, like say, you really don't want them to actually be able to make you disappear. Like that would be bad. Right. Yeah, so we got the hell out of there. <laughs> and and is it also true that you kind of got your name by literally someone, you know, driving by yelling, play the, play the banjo boy? Yeah, that was um, a real drunk guy just walked up to Barton while we were playing, and we were playing Foggy Mountain Breakdown, and he just started waving money in his face and yelling at him to play faster and faster and uh, just came up with the name after that. And... Um, no matter how our sounds changed or anything, we've just we've stuck with it. You, yeah, you never wanted it to be. Uh... He, was, uh, <laughs> he was six inches from Barton's face. <laughs> yeah, he was. He should have been. Yeah, yeah, he should not have been that close. That was close. And, and you never wanted to, you know, graduate to men, men named banjo, man named banjo. <laughs> you know, um, that was a brief thought. A very brief thought. It's a pretty odd. <laughs> <laughs> odd deal there i was gonna say the name name though is pretty cool and, and i also love too that you know there are five of you i know there's only four four of you here tonight but you say that it's a five-way partnership how important is it that it is a true partnership and that everyone is in this together oh oh that's i mean it's huge um you know it's we have a lot of great shows and we have a lot of not great shows and uh, there's a lot of grinding, a lot of, uh, a lot of staying in one room, air mattresses. I mean, even to this day, you know, sometimes we're in a nice situation, sometimes we're not. And I feel like everyone's got a little skin in the game and it makes it easier to kind of 
uh, get through those those nights and stuff. Uh, and early on, we decided to do that just because it's like, look, this ain't going to be easy, so we need to be able to just go for it. And I think if you're a hired gun, you don't stick around too long with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, we're all in, all five of us, and we go through all the ups and downs of the road together, and I don't think we could do it any other way, honestly, because the way we travel and stuff, it's it's a grind. It's still a grind, for sure. Yeah, well, I guess another thing I'll say about that is, from a, from a studio standpoint and a show standpoint, you know, we are a band, and uh, everyone brings their own, you know, fingerprint to the to the table, to the music, and so uh, if you're a band, you're a band, so we are a five-way partnership. <laughs> and and where you all have kind of, you know, grown up with, with each other, been around each other since you were teens, what's that like? Because I feel like at that point, it's probably like a brotherhood. There's, there's the having fun with each other, also maybe getting annoyed with each other on the road. What's it been like, you know, kind of growing up through all this together? I mean, I think it's helpful. I mean, it's it's a lot of time together. Um, and, you know, it's just a lot. It goes deeper than just, like, you know, coworkers, which is, you know, we, we've toured with a lot of bands, and, you know, you'll see, like, the, the, the artists, like, go off and do whatever they're doing, and then the band's doing whatever they're doing, and it's, like, two separate things, but, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, we do get on each other's nerves, but in the same way that, like, siblings fight rather than, you know, I don't know. Rather than angry coworkers. <laughs> yeah. So. But I was gonna say, I mean, yeah. Will, Willard even got Barton to be drinking his favorite beer. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's we a good one. He turned me into it after a while. <laughs> Start wearing the same. It's uh, it, it's nice to um, have that to fall fall back on on after some hard shows and hard runs and, and stuff like that. You know. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there's always that to fall back on. Yeah, we we all know we know each other very very well to the to the point where you can sit there at the dinner table and just know what everyone's going to order on a menu. Like we play that game all the time. Like Barton, you're going to get this, and he's like, I actually that's what I was going to get. You know, so we all kind of know how to help each other out on the road too, and it, not ordering for each other, but you know, like we're, we all we all know each other well enough to to get through uh, the good and the bad and all that. So it, it's really, it's really great. Now, did all of you want to play music growing up? Like how, uh, cause I, I always am curious about that. Cause some people, you know, from like age two, they were around music. Is that kind of the same for, for all of you? I got into music a lot later than most people do. I feel like, um, cause I didn't start playing banjo until I was like 15, but from then on, and then once I met William, we started writing songs, and then Willard joined the band. I kind of like had dreams of playing music, but I never thought it would be a reality. But you know, we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it, and I wouldn't have it any other way now. But oh but yeah, your question's no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could say I really didn't either. Um, but when we were in college, we would just play every weekend and uh never stopped uh 
So I, I love it. I love what we do. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I think I wanted to just be a pro bass fisherman because that's equally as chill, I th- feel like, as you tour around and you do your thing. You know, <laughs> it's kind of a similar lifestyle. Uh, but, no, music's amazing. Um, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So, Yeah, I think I've only ever wanted to be a bass player from a, from a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Living your dream? No. I, I don't know. I just, like, like I, we all went to college, but, like, my my entire mentality through college was, like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, muscle through this and then, then get on the road. And, you know, it worked. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And Willard? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's all the same. I mean, when we started doing it, we were just, we were only doing it because it was fun and it was new and exciting and everybody still went to school and, you know, we played gig here, gig there, fraternity party, whatever it was, 80th, like birthday party, we didn't care. And it was just fun to play shows. And then from there you graduate college and it's like, you know, fuck it, let's get a van. Let's let's go let's go book our own tour and yeah, you know, it, it just kind of snowballed in that way. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of develop this team around you too, so you have more people counting on you, and you know, just gives you more drive to keep going. And then you have more fans coming to each show, in theory. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us, besides maybe Ford, planned on being professional musicians. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, I'll go for it. I was gonna say, well, I'm pretty sure Ford majored in um, per- perform. You were a per- jazz performance I, major. I was bass major. So. Bass major in college, <laughs> yeah. where Barton was American Studies. I was forestry, geology. Willard, Willard, you were. I did. I did the business. It was a business thing. school, yeah. And Sam was accounting. So, yeah, Ford, you uh, put your money where your mouth is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you know. I mean, you've all got you know something to fall back on. You know, worst comes to worst, right? <laughs> oh yeah. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally remember what I learned in college. <laughs> I was about to say I used to point out all the trees when we were driving. Uh, on tour, and now I, you know, I remember like a like six of them. So I've lost it. I, I'm screwed at this point. <laughs> well, good thing that, that that this gig that that boy named Banjo is, is doing well, and you know, obviously, I love your style too. I think that's what I gravitated towards. I'm curious, like, who were your influences growing up? Like, you know, what music artists did you guys kind of gravitate toward growing up? And I'm guessing that has played a part in in your sound to this day. For me, when I was just starting out banjo, it was literally anything with a banjo in it. So um, my dad was, he's a banjo player too, and he kind of turned me on to it, but he played John Hartford, one of John Hartford's records for me, and I just fell in love with him. He wrote Gentle on My Mind. Uh, And then Hot Rise is a bluegrass band I was super into, and that kind of led me to like more modern day bluegrass folk, like Ava Brothers. and then got super into songwriters like John Prine and 
you know, Chris Stapleton, Jason Isbell, and stuff like that. So, those were huge for me early on. Yeah, I um, similar to Barton, when we met, it was we were in our. Uh, I was in a bluegrass phase, so I mean, I was listening to the uh, infamous String Dusters, uh, the, see the Johnson Mountain Boys, like all these bands I found, I guess, on Pandora at the time. Um, and then moving forward, uh, I really, I really love alt country. So I was listening to Lucero. I was listening to a local Nashville band from the nineties called farmer. Not so John, um, just a bunch of stuff like that. Uh, I loved all of that. So kind of an alt country bluegrass background. Yeah. I mean, early on when we were just starting to play, I was, we were obsessed with the Avett Brothers. We were obsessed with Old Crow Medicine Show, um, bands like that. And I, I guess in college, I started getting into some more electric guitar stuff, like uh, the band, Derek Trucks, Almond Brothers, Grateful Dead, all that stuff. And it's been uh, fun to be able to try and. Uh, steal some licks from all of those and put them in. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had a different uh, different experience growing up. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's um, the theme here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like I, it's going to be like you're playing bass for the wrong band after you give this. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm playing bass for the right right band. It's just, uh, I don't know. I Growing up, I was like way into like like and even like seventh and eighth grade, I was like way into like like punk and like eighties hardcore and stuff. And then like me and my buddy, uh, we made fake IDs that said we were eighteen, so we could go to this venue in town called the End that did like a lot of punk shows. Um, and that's like all I did growing up. Like I didn't go to high school football games or I, like that's just where we were on weekends. Was you know sneaking into that bar. We weren't even like drinking or anything. Uh, and then uh, in college, I was a jazz major on upright bass, so like I focused on that. But then um, I went to school in North Carolina, so I ended up just getting a lot of bluegrass gigs in school, and so that was kind of my like exposure into bluegrass and country. Then I just like got the outlaw country bug like hard, like senior year of college, and that's like all I listened to. And then like that kind of coincided with you know when I'd rejoined the band. Um, so I took a circuitous path, but got to the same place as everyone else, I guess. Well, and I was going to say, it sounds like, you know, when you're talking about who, who all you, you grew up listening to, you guys have been able to share the stage with, with some of those folks. I mean, that's got to be kind of a cool, cool thing to, to experience that, you know, the, the people that you were listening to, you're, you're kind of, in a sense, equals in, on the stage and sharing the stage with them. Yeah, we opened up for um, Old Crow Medicine Show a couple years ago. Did a few weekends with them, and that was crazy cool. Because like Willard uh, was saying, listened to them all through high school. And who else? Infamous and, String Dusters. Yep, we played with them. Um, Hank Williams Jr. was a crazy one. Uh, that was kind of recent, and it was <laughs> wild. I still can't believe wow. it just seeing him i mean he's an incredible performer as well i mean as are all the other bands we're mentioning um but yeah i mean yeah it's really it's really cool to to have that moment for sure and i i try not to 
you know, freak the bands out when we finally meet them and play with them and be like, I listened to you and I was like this tall because then that makes them feel old and stuff. <laughs> I think yeah, everyone but... we toured with, like, you know, you, you, you meet him and you're like, oh, you're just like a normal guy. But like Hank Jr. was the first one where I was like, oh, fuck, he's not a normal guy. That guy is famous. <laughs> that guy is... <laughs> His hat says icon on it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the craziest fan base we've ever been in front of was that one. Uh, and I experienced that firsthand when I was maybe 17. My buddy was huge into Hank Williams Jr. And we went to see a show at Bridgestone Arena here in Nashville. And uh, some dude turned over me, looked over at me and was like, Whiskey Bitten Hellbound, they're about to play it. And gave me a headbutt. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, these guys are crazy. Um, and yeah. then you got to experience it on the other side. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they looked up to the <laughs> Oh yeah. That was fun though. Well, well and, and you know, you talk about, you know, I, I mentioned you guys are from Tennessee. You are true Nashville natives, which is very hard to for a lot of people probably to ever believe that someone grew up in Nashville, but what was it like growing up in Nashville, you know, your whole lives and, and what impact did that have on y'all? Um, I guess for me growing up in Nashville, uh, my, my dad is a music lover. Um, he's not musical himself, but I mean, gone to concerts his whole life. And one thing he really introduced me to was songwriting and, the fact that, you know, a lot of times people are writing songs for other people. That that happens in all genres, I feel like. So I, I would grow up going to the Bluebird Cafe uh, before it was on the TV show Nashville. You know, you could actually just go in there and saw incredible songwriters behind, the, you know, huge Garth Brooks hits. And, you, you know, you name an artist, they've had a hit um, through them. So kind of realizing that whole songwriter scene was i guess really big for me as as a musician in nashville yeah i'd say for me like um i grew up in a pretty musical household my mom is a piano teacher at home and my dad like i was saying plays banjo and, and bass and stuff and they had a bluegrass band when i was little called the renovators my dad's name's reynolds and they would just have <laughs> these bluegrass cats <laughs> come in and in the living room and just jam late into the night. And that was before I even knew what bluegrass was really, but I think some of that got ingrained into my, my ears. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were incredible musicians. And then, you know, like John Prine was in my living room one night because my mom taught his son. So just meeting people like that and sneaking into the exit in and station in when we were in high school, going to see some of our heroes play. That's stuff you can't do in a different city, you know? Mm -mm. So, pretty cool. No, you're right. Yeah. I, mean, I think about, like, uh, you know, just the the first live music experience I ever got to have was at the Ryman Auditorium, and uh, which I, you know, is my favorite place on planet Earth, probably. And... You, you think about things like that, and you think about uh, the full moon picking parties that they have at Percy Warner Park, things like that. Um, uh, you know, they, they, there's not anywhere else I, I would want to live 
just based on from from a musical standpoint um, you know I, I didn't grow up in a in a musical household or anything but when you're exposed to it like that it, it's it's always around mm-hmm. yeah ditto what everyone else said that's a <laughs> really no different experience forward I, I was expecting something no, completely I, no, different no, no, yeah, I, I kind of touched on that it was like same as Barton. it was just like you know it, it, i probably went to go see bands every weekend like you know all through as soon as i got my driver's license i was just going to shows you know friday saturday it didn't even really matter who it was a lot of the times mm-hmm. it was just you know it was fun and exciting would you say that Diary of Planet was your most attended show in Nashville. Oh yeah, that was a. Um, are you familiar, uh, Jonathan, with Diary of Planet? I am not. Okay, they're, they're, they're uh, awesome. Um, <laughs> right. uh, Nashville legendary band. Um, they're a like a pop punk band with like '80s hair metal guitar solos. Uh, and they've got four guitar players, all playing at the same time. But uh, I guess like like junior year of high school, my dad picked up like a copy of Nashville Scene. He was like, "Just band playing called Diary Planet. It seems like it's something you'd be into." And he just like handed it to me. <laughs> um, and then uh, I wanted a little bit to go to the show, so I like messaged their singer on Facebook. I was like, "You don't know me, but I really want to come to the show." Uh, he was like, "Yeah, man, come in." And so then I like was went backstage. They like I I'm I'm still friends with a lot of them now. I'm like, but uh. I don't know. I've probably seen that band 60 times. Like I, one year I went to South by Southwest and saw them 15 times in a week. Cause that's just like where the party was. That's where all my friends were hanging out. So I think they're why you want to play yeah. live music. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't want to pin it, it on you, but yeah, that was a, I don't know. It was, I mean, that's like another big thing too. Is like, you just grow up here and like you see people, you know, like, making records and it's like oh that's not that hard to do i can do that and then you see people going on tour it's like that's not that hard i can probably do that and then it's just like what is like so seemingly like lofty and unachievable for people like in a lot of other places here it's just like you just do it yeah you know it's not it's a good plan it's not, brain it's not just, just hop in a car and go play show so <laughs> That's the cool thing about Nashville is everyone thinks it's like country music USA, which it is obviously, but there's so much more to the music scene here than that. Like from Ford's experience, you can go see punk shows every night if you want to, or rock shows, R&B shows, obviously bluegrass, Americana, country, all that. It's got everything. It's awesome. Well, and I think one of the coolest things you guys got to do, and I'm guessing it had to be extra special since that's where you grew up, was this year you made your Opry debut. Yeah, that was March. Willard's got the I plaque think... on the wall. What does it say? March. Oh, I can't see. <laughs> yep. That yeah. That was um. That that was the the parking spot. Uh, the reserve. Oh yeah. They were March nice. They made it, they made us five of them. Usually there's only one. I, we uh we carpool. We don't. We're green. So we have one band. We didn't all dr- five drive, um, but it w- that was a really cool experience. Um, me personally, 
like most of our really cool experiences, I'm freaking out about messing up the whole time. So I basically black out during the whole experience. Um, but I do remember stepping into the circle and how cool it was and uh, trying not to get emotional looking at the rest of the guys up there. Um, we were also yeah. very close together because the circle's not that big. <laughs> so, but it was it was the cool it was a super cool uh, night. The way we did it too was special because you get two you get two songs, and the first one we were all kind of spread out and amped up, plugged in. No one was standing in the circle, and we played I think Heart in Motion. And then the second song, we took out the cables and gathered in the circle and sung around one mic like old fashioned bluegrass style, and played Go Out Dancing, and that was super cool. Um, yeah, I mean, that was an incredible day. Definitely the highlight of the year as a band. Oh, yeah. And knowing that that wood in the circle came from the Ryman where they originally had the show. And I remember my dad, I mean, he, you know, he always is sending me, emailing me news articles. Um, and I happened to read one of them that he sent me and it was about them redoing the stage at the Ryman and how they transported that, uh, circle which is pretty cool it's a lot of history they get you to watch this video before you debut and it really puts everything into perspective and it's it's pretty wild yeah the entire time we had this like tour guide dude who was like shuffling us from like one event to the next and every time he was like it's okay to cry like like i'm not planning on crying man uh, but... <laughs> Like you it was like, five times crazy. Crazy. You like <laughs> yeah. by all means, true. please. Yeah. Good content. Oh yeah. Ford, you were saying afterwards, like the only time you actually settled down that whole day was when we were on the stage. We yeah, there was the only only so much stuff leading up to the, the actual. Yeah. So. I was the same way. Like that, I felt like when we were actually playing was like the only time I could breathe that day. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you guys have done, you know, now you've done the Opry. Like I said at the beginning, you played Bourbon and Beyond, which is a huge festival. You guys, what's this journey been like to, you know, play in high school, play on, kind of have fun playing on the streets to doing these things. And, you know, now you guys have families and kids and, and all that. I mean, looking back on it, like having those moments, um, moments that we never even dreamed we would have is totally surreal. Like playing the Ryman, playing the Opry, uh, Bonnaroo, Pilgrimage, Bourbon, all that stuff. Oh, Crazy. Yeah. Um, but it, it has not been an easy road by any means. I mean, it's been tough for sure. And we've definitely paid our dues, I feel like. Um, and it's been a long time coming, you know? So, like, that just makes it even more gratifying when you have moments like that, you know? But Yeah, there, there's always, every time the, every time something like that happens, the, you know, it, it's kind of a bad thing, but, you, you know, you let that bar get higher. Um, so it's, it's definitely good to, to look back and be like, damn, that's crazy. We were knocking on do bars on the door in Nashville to get our first show. Like, please let us play. And, to be able to play some, some really cool festivals and um, doing it for a living is a lot different than just doing it. You know, it, it really changes the game. Start to see ticket counts. You start to see 
uh, P&Ls, profit loss reports. Uh, <laughs> but um, at the core of it, you know, that's what keeps us going uh, is doing moments like that, uh, like the Opry and the Ryman and opening for fans like that. So um, got to keep, keep our eyes on the prize, you know, on the, on the yeah. good stuff. I think it's tough too because you know, by you know when my, I don't know a lot of people like see us and like oh they've made it like they're they you know they they're doing it and it's like yeah I mean compared to a lot of people we're doing well but like we're still you know uh, we're we're a working band like as soon if we if we don't play a show for two weeks we don't get paid for two weeks and so it's like it's still very much a job still very much a grind and it's like you know mm-hmm. I, I just remember so much like five years ago just thinking like oh if our guarantees just hit x dollar amount then everything's going to be fine and then like now here we are it's like oh well if we can just hit this yep. benchmark then everything's going to be fine and it's like nothing is it, every it's it's always the same like 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 i don't feel any happier or different now than i did you know when we first started touring it's just like it's always fun it's always hard yeah um yeah I don't know anything else. I wouldn't have it any other way. But Well, one thing I would say for sure that's the industry is changing so much, you know. Um, and I feel like we got onto the professional scene right before the shift of like now um, there's such a huge emphasis on TikTok and Reels, um, Instagram Reels. So we've never been – I feel like as a band, we, you know, we've kind of tried to capture what we do live as best we can, but we've never been really good at that stuff. So we're trying to overcome that hurdle. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, Lucero, Lucero is one of the bands that I love the most growing up and they have a documentary out called uh, dreaming in America. And they play like, I swear it's 300 shows in a year. And, um, I was just like, that's the way you do it. You go and five people come to your show. And the next time there's there's ten, and then and then there's uh, like thirty and fifty, and so that's kind of how we roll. Uh, so it's <laughs> this new stage we're in is interesting. Um, still trying to be a working band, as Ford said. Whereas a lot of a lot of people in the industry want to tell you, film yourself playing this, and until something happens, don't go do anything else. And uh, yeah. you know, we're like, man we want to see the world and we want to shake hands and play in front of people. And that's what, you know, for better or worse, that's what we're going to do. So we want to play full yeah. sets of music and not just 15 seconds of a song. Yeah. <laughs> we want to release an album, not an EP. Um, but you know, everything is a little uphill battle these days. Well, it's the, to me, it's that a little bit of what I guess nowadays would be an old school approach. You know, you cut your teeth touring, you hope that one day it you just get that right grouping and someone else hears you that you know t- takes it off and and you know I I think you guys are doing it the right way and a lot more longevity that that way and, and you talked about it you guys were able to put out an album your your uh, major label debut Dusk uh, was released in September how awesome was it to to do that it was amazing I mean it was such a long long time coming I mean we signed with UMG in 2020. And had, you know, worked on the contract for probably a year prior to that. So, um, you know, right when we signed, the world shut down. And we were sitting on all these songs and just decided to go back in the studio and cut even more. Uh, and it turned out we, we couldn't get it out until, you know, just this fall. So we've been sitting on a lot of music yep. for a long time. And, Some of those are 
four years old. Yeah, exactly. So we're just like, that was amazing, but we're also like dead set on getting even more out. So just looking to the future. Oh yeah. No, we, we have uh, no shortage of uh, music and we're ready to make more, but we have to, you know, get the rest of it out and keep, keep recording. So uh, that's our plan is to keep finally in our career. I feel like we've been so bad to our fans about releasing music. I mean, forever uh we were in school that was we kind of sparsely put stuff out and then when you deal with a label you have a lot of uh hoops to jump through and um yeah our goal is always going to be let's put out music 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 so let's hope 24 holds that uh (laughs) true yeah we went like we went nine years without putting out a full album so we're going to start making up for lost time here i think (laughs) yeah (laughs) Well, and where does uh, the, the title Dusk, where does that come from? How did you guys settle on that? Uh, well, we sat down um, and just laid out all the songs and started, you know, trying to piece together what, what are some of the common themes here um, across all these, all these songs. And this will make a lot more sense, I think, once the next project is out, too. Um, but I wondered if it was maybe the... What, you know, if you look in the world of novels, it's the the first release, and then you get the series, and then all of a sudden everything makes more sense. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to, not to t- steal your thunder, I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You're on to something, for sure. <laughs> we, need to, we need to put it out into the world. Yeah. You know? it's <laughs> We do. Yeah. Something does come after dusk. I won't say what it is. But... <laughs> Well, and I, I, I was going to say, I think I read, too, where you said this album was the first time that you really captured all the band's personalities and perspectives. Uh, what, what, what did you kind of mean by that? Um, well, I mean, I, there, just the dynamics of the, of the, the sound on the, on, when you look at everything we recorded. Um, you know, we have stuff that sounds pretty alternative. We have stuff that sounds very bluegrass and stripped down uh, and everything in between. Uh, so I, I, that's what I would say that, that that's why we say that is because we kind of explored every corner of our sound. And um, when people read the name Boy Named Banjo, they probably assume we're like a string band or a single young boy with a banjo. But I mean, we're, we're, our, our, range of sound is crazy you know we uh, i have a distortion pedal ford as we have a lot of distortion we get kind of metal too uh in, at times in our show so we tried to kind of showcase the whole spectrum. our whole yeah our whole spectrum of what we do and i hope yeah. it worked <laughs> i think you said that perfectly yeah. i'm not gonna add anything yeah. to that I was going to say, is that everyone going ditto, 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 ditto? <laughs> I, think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, we, we have pride, prided ourselves for a long time on being able to take the song that rocks and, and do it by a campfire at the same time. And, um, I think that's reflected in the entirety of the project. Uh, and if and if you don't have that like on a shirt or something, 
I, I think what Willard just said <laughs> should be like take the rock song to the campfire. Like I mean that that but I mean that that is like you said listening to the album. Like I said, that's why I think I love you guys because you there's a, a lot of upbeatness to it, but there's that there's some great lyrics with it, and there, there's just stuff that I think anyone can relate to, and and I think that's probably why you're able to connect so well with so many people. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we that's what we try to do. We never want to get to a point where we can't sit down and play our songs around a campfire. We want to sound good wherever we are in whatever situation. Uh, we've played just about every situation from a campfire to a wedding to a funeral to a birthday to a to a show. So um, when in banjo is prepared for anything at this point. <laughs> that's what we think. What haven't we? Yeah, what haven't we played? That's what I'm scared of. Uh, uh, no bar mitzvahs yet. No more. That's true. Yeah, we, we that's, true. Yeah, that's one we have not played. Are you going to put that on your booking agent? We need a bar mitzvah. We got to check this off <laughs> we so we can to. say we've done it all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should. I mean, we're we're close. Um, yeah, funeral was was a tough one. Uh, like full band we want you guys to play it like any other show uh big projector in the back it was it was uh that was a tough yeah i was gonna say i feel like there's a story there we'll save that for a different time but i feel like there's a story there now now i gotta ask this you know because you are a five piece you know there 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 are five of you uh when when this comes out it'll be after the show that i'm gonna mention but whiskey myers is doing a full band acoustic tour have you guys ever done the full band acoustic we haven't i mean well no not technically but for a while you know we were we were an acoustic band so um we have that under our belt but i don't think ever as like a five piece we've never done that yeah but i mean that's also you know like there's parts in our sets now where it's like i'm on upright bass willard's on mandolin and so like you can't get any more acoustic than that and like you know, we yeah. kind of the, the difference between us electric and us acoustic is like just switching two things, and then then you know an electric guitar, yeah, yeah. So it's not. We. I'm just making sound, sure that that list gets more and more checked off, and then there's then you've accomplished it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We we sound more plugged in and electric than we are. I think. It's just uh yeah. At, at its core, it's just it's loud bluegrass. So. I would like to play a cruise ship. I, that that's one that just oh, popped yeah, in my head. Uh, I've heard those are great, all inclusive. You play a set a day, and then the rest of the day you can just run around the ship. Uh, that sounds that sounds fun. Yeah, if they could get us on the Creed cruise uh, before that set sail, that would be that would be a dream gig. I think. I would be so sick the whole time. Sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, I've never been on one. I'm honestly kind of kind of afraid of deep water and sharks. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, yeah that that's a that's not a good situation if you're on a cruise. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you even touch water, to be honest. <laughs> Unless it's the pool on the boat, you're okay. Right. But if it's not, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. Other than that, you're. Oof. No thanks. I, I'm fired up to uh, hear whatever Whiskey Myers is about to do acoustically, though. Uh, so they're 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 doing it right now. They've got uh, Adam Hood and uh, 
I forget who else is is with him on Aaron, the first uh, leg. Aaron, Ray, Ray, Ray yeah, Ray, Ray, yeah, and then uh, Brent Cobb. Brent Cobb's coming on this week, and I'm um, I'm just excited to see it because it's it's been one of those fun things where you talk about and you're like, oh, by the way, they're doing this, and they're like, other other bands like I've talked to after like the the recording, they're like, wait, how do they pull that off on on something? So I'm curious to to see what they end up doing. So uh, I also have to ask this. I'm curious to see how you guys did this. Did you guys lay down this album with some uh, makeshift studios and some tracks in secret as well? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> th- this this record was recorded everywhere from, uh, let's see, an actual studio. So we'll start with the, uh, the, the less weird. And then we also recorded some of it um, in an old church. In 2020, this church shut down. And basically started renting out all the what were like Bible study classrooms to we had a toy uh, maker or, or he restored vintage toys. He was our neighbor. And then our producer had the room next door and we were recording in there. Um, we recorded in a random kind of basement out in Donaldson, Tennessee, um, all the way to like where else? Our producer's house. Yeah, he he built a studio in his house. And our first EP, Circles, was in a garage, which was like our producer's garage that was built into a studio, kind of. So The secretive aspect, I guess, going off of that was, I think it was in 2020. Everything was shut down. Obviously, we weren't on the road making money that way. And we were like, we have to just... Because we'd written all these songs, we're like, we have to get in the studio, and we didn't want to deal with going through all the hoops and stuff, because um, that was kind of impossible at that time too. So we just went and recorded the whole album, or at least a lot of the songs that made the, the record, um, in about a week span, and just stayed up, you know, from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. every single day working on it with our producer in that church William's talking about. And then turn in the record and finally convince them to put it out. That's a very short way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we I don't want to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, the first part is out. I like it. I feel like that's a great tease. And, and you know, we, we talked about it earlier. It's a five-way partnership with, with everyone What's your process like for writing and bringing a song to life? Because clearly we can tell Ford might have a theme that he likes to probably bring on a song, and I'm sure everyone else does too. So what's that process like for y'all? Yeah, well, um, Barton and I pretty much write. We write together um, uh, all the time. I mean, that's kind of how we write. And, you know, writing on Music Row – um, a lot of people like to do like these really full demos, which are cool. Like that's really, that's really awesome. But we prefer to just do bare bones, guitar, banjo, maybe one other guitar, iPhone recording, because when we bring, bring that to the band, that's when Ford puts his fingerprint on the song. There's no, you know, nobody laid a bass down and then he's not just copying the demo bass. Like, we like to bring it in and let everyone put their touch on the song. Um, so that's kind of how our process is. And, uh, 
I think it's hardest for Sam, honestly, because Sam, you know, if there is a demo, there's a drum beat, it probably feels pretty good, and he's got to basically either reinvent the wheel or say, you know what, I can play this, but a little more Sam or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that, that's how we do it. Yeah, you can't unhear something when you hear it the right. first time, and that's what I think makes it tough. And it's also, too, I'm like, we've worked with, you know, we, we've got our producer, Oscar, and we love working with him because he's, you know, pulls the best out of us. And But there's we've worked with other producers before, too, and they're like, well, that's not how you do things on Music Row. And it's like, well, that's why everything sounds the fucking same on Music Row. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it gets... I don't know. It gets stale. And so Oscar lets us, you know, weirdly enough, like Oscar sometimes pushes us like in too weird of a direction. We have to reel him in and be like, Hey man, let's like actually try to (laughs) make something people want to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Let's play a guitar that's in tune. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or like dragging a broom against a cinder block wall at three in the morning. And you're like, man, I just want to go to bed. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but it's for for that same reason we love Oscar because yeah, who's gonna dive in like that? You know, if you, I'm not speaking for every producer, uh, but some of it it's like, man, it's this time or you know I'm gonna go home and have dinner and whatever. Oscar's like, let's stay up till the sun rises and experiment on things, and um, you know that's what it's all about, stumbling upon stuff. Uh, so, well, I mean, that's why you're able to showcase your personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, it takes all the pressure off. You know, when you're on the clock, like, in a real studio setting, you've got, you know, just like four hours to get it right, you know? And just being able to go until the wee hours of the night, have some drinks, I think it brings the best out in everyone. It's very, very hard to make true art during business hours yes and you know being in a being with a label and and in a scene where there seems to be somewhat of a formula or traditionally has been it's really nice to have artists um putting out music that that doesn't fit a format that is succeeding because now finally we can um we feel like we're all kind of going in the right direction versus this needs to sound more like this or needs to fit the literally fit the format. Um, I think the listeners are tired of a format and they just want to listen to whatever is cool. And um, luckily we've fought for that. Nothing we're putting out, um, you know, everything we're putting out represents what we want to put out so far. So that's something we're thankful for. I was gonna say, I mean, that lets you actually, you know, put out good music, and people want to listen to good music. And and I, I'm always curious. I love to ask this question too. Is there a favorite song y'all love to perform live? Whether it's yours, someone else's, is there a favorite song that that y'all just, for whatever reason, just love? Hmm. Put you on the spot. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, on this past tour, we we did a rendition of "Angel from Montgomery" by John Prine at the end of the show for the encore. And I love that song. Uh, I love that whole record. Grew up on that record, so that was pretty cool. Um, But as far as our music goes, I love playing um, Mama, I'm Misbehaving. It's on the new record. I just 
fell in love with that song. It's the only song that we didn't write on the record. And Willard has this awesome guitar solo at the end of it that we added. Pretty sick. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, we've never had like a mellow jam at the end. Uh, I think I was listening to like uh, Smashing Pumpkins and uh, like the song Hummer. And I was like, we need to have a mellow jam, like kind of like a more jam bandy jam. And then we went in the rehearsal space and just kind of did it. And it's I, that's definitely a ton of fun, just like the slow build thing. So, yeah, I, I, I would say that too. Or, I mean, anything fresh to us. You know, like I said, a lot of these songs are four years old. Um, so anything that we haven't toured on for four years feels pretty fun to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the ones that, um, you know, we we either add a new little part or just do it a little differently live. Like, Mama, I'm misbehaving. We, we basically just added an extended outro where we rock out. Um, Whiskey Dreams also is a really great one where... Um, in the recording, we, we, we have a big instrumental solo section, and we have done that differently a couple ways now. And, um, you know, that, that, that one's fun, too. Just, just the ones where we're taking the recording and... Um, Enhancing it. Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 pumping adrenaline into it for the live show. <laughs> yeah. To the, yeah, like to I was saying, that that's our thing. Extended solo and whatever you want to add to it, you know. We I mean, leave I feel like it twenty different ways. <laughs> yeah, like most of our songs on the record are like three or four minutes, and in the live show they're like seven or eight minutes. You know, everything kind of just you know, like, whoa, what if we did this? Like, well, what if we did that after that? And then just like kind of snowballs into a halfway decent live set. So, well, I was gonna say, I mean, that that allows people when they come out to see more of your personality, but also too, like they're not seeing the same thing every time when you perform yeah. a song. Like they're they're getting a different experience. Yeah, and Bar- and Barton writes our sets, and usually, I mean, we try to switch it up. I mean, we kind of have a program on a run of shows, but we we definitely switch it up a bit. We'll play one song versus another, or reorganize or something. So, we open for Daryl Scott on a, on a number of shows, and he's an incredible musician. He never plays. When I say never, I mean I'm sure he's done the same thing twice, but he'll play a song on the piano one night and the next night he plays it on a bazooki and the next night on a guitar and he's basically um, he will not play it the same way twice ever Uh, and so that's a really cool thing that he does and we kind of try to do in a way No, I I love that and my last question for y'all is obviously by the time this drops 2023 will basically be over will almost be at Christmas. Um, so what can folks expect from you in 2024 that you're allowed to tell us not get in trouble, because I know you guys can get in trouble if you say too much. I'm hoping, hoping the alcohol may have allowed you to uh, slip up a little, but not too much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can expect more music for sure. 
that's something that I feel very safe saying. Uh, and if we... not, you need to. Everyone needs to get their pitchforks, <laughs> torches out. But uh, yeah, we should have new music in twenty four. Yeah. Um, bunch of shows. What else, Barton? Uh, we're working on it. I'd say we're working on it. Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, record some new music in 24 and hopefully even put that out in 24. We'll see. I want to do an acoustic album at some point. I don't know when that's happening, but I think our fans would love that. And I would too. Me too. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. I mean, you've almost done it all. So you gotta you gotta find something new and fun to do, right? That's yeah. true. Shake it up. Maybe we'll do a dance remix album. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know if Willard was in on that. I, Ford, I don't know if Willard was in on that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I just did funny, funny face because he he's already working on it. This is is the joke. <laughs> yeah, he he has like multiple versions of, I think. Two or three of our songs already like technoed out that he just I does made, on the more in the band. A house remix to "Goodbyes Are Sad." The mix needs some tweaks, but it's uh the the bones are there. See, so. you you uh, found your TikTok. You just give it to Ford, yeah. and you're great. We're yeah. saying more like Ford's just gonna like create his own SoundCloud and throw him up there, and he's gonna get massive, and we're gonna be opening <laughs> it up for Ford. Yeah. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to give us any royalties. He's going to find some way to cut us all out. <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy for you. Thanks, man. I'll let you know. <laughs> See, I can feel the brotherly love right here. They're, they're the ticket to world domination. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that'd be our, our big break. We'll see, man. Ford just at the Hard Rock all-inclusive resort in Putacana, just blaring uh, the dream. mashups. Yeah. All right, that that would be good. That'd be good for you, man. <laughs> well, guys, I tr- this has been a blast. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for sharing a drink with me, sharing your story with me, and folks. If you can't tell, they're a fun group. You need to listen to them. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Jonathan. It'll be fun. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.